Welcome to Creating a Family, Talk About Adoption and Foster Care. I am so looking forward to today's show. We're going to be interviewing a panel of adult, young adult uh, adoptees that were raised in an open adoption. So we're going to be talking all about open adoption, but from the perspective of the, of the party in the triad that really counts the most, and that is the adoptee uh, perspective. So I'm going to, we've got uh, five adoptees, and uh, I'm going to begin by introducing them and then having them start by giving you a very brief uh, bio of what their open adoption journey was. What is their open adoption? What did it look like? Uh, was it just phone calls? Was it exchange of emails or letters between the parents? Were there visits? That type of, that type of information. And then, and also then what it looks like now. Um, all five of the adoptees were adopted at birth. All grew up knowing they were adopted and all are now in their twenties with the exception of one. And that's Justin Roberts. And, uh, and, and we'll actually start with him. Uh, all five have had varying degrees of openness in their adoptions. And of course, they have very experience, varying experiences with both adoption and openness. So, uh, Justin, uh, Justin just turned 30. Everybody else is in their 20s. Justin, um, if you could start, tell us about what was openness like in your adoption growing up and, and what does it look like now? Um, well, mine may be a little bit different than others. Um, I'm actually the second adoptee in my family. Uh, my brother was adopted two and a half years prior, and uh, my parents found out that they couldn't have kids, so they were looking to adopt. Uh, so they adopted my brother, and then two and a half years later, uh, were paired up with my birth mother, uh, and then I came along. And uh, in the early days, um, it was letters back and forth, and uh, then telephone conversations, and all the way up until today, I've got uh, pretty much everybody's phone number, and we can text and get a response within 30 seconds. Uh, so it's it has evolved as technology has evolved, and communication is is as open as it could be. Excellent. Okay. Our next adoptee is Ariel, and let me make sure I'm pronouncing your last name correctly. Is it Verosky? Verosky, correct. Excellent. Ariel Verosky. Okay. Uh, can you tell us what openness looks like in your adoption as you were growing up and what it looks like now? Absolutely. So I uh, was born and raised in Portland, Oregon, and uh, that's where my adoption took place and was very fortunate to have my adoptive parents and my birth parents and all of the half birth siblings that I have now all based in Portland. So the level of openness was always there. Uh, I remember actually meeting them in person as young as um, really the the first real memory I have is my 10th birthday. And I remember we were at a park in uh, outside of Portland and I remember all of my parents were there. And I, that was the first point when I think I could understand and articulate those are my adoptive parents. Those are my birth parents. These are the siblings I have and how they're all connected. So the, the level of openness has always been there. Um, it's only gotten stronger as, as I've gotten older and been more of an adult myself and been able to, you know, closely communicate with them. Everyone still lives in Portland, other than myself, who's in Denver now, and my birth father, who just recently moved to Michigan. So the, the level of openness has been very strong um, and, and something that's been really important for us to, to continue cultivating. Okay, excellent. Next up is Andrew Friesen. Uh, Andrew, what does, uh, what did your uh, openness look like uh, and, and what does it look like now? Uh, so actually I had a similar story with, uh, with, with Justin is my parents were both told that they, uh, well, you know, my, my adopted parents, they were told that uh, they couldn't have kids. So I actually have an older brother who's adopted. He's about three years older than me. So it was kind of nice to grow up doing, um, going through things and having him there to be able to talk to about certain things. But for me, the adoption was open, but I can't say there was a lot of open communication. Uh, there was definitely some in the beginning days, but it wasn't directly to me. It was more um, emails and some letters back and forth between birth mother and uh, adopted mother. But um, nowadays, I don't really talk to her at all, but I actually was able to find my birth father, which was you know, a long, complicated story in itself. But him and I actually have a pretty good relationship. So him and I talk a lot. So in summary, there was a pretty limited 
mm-hmm. openness and and then and then none really now no communication now other than with yeah. your birth mother but not with your birth father with your birth father there is mm-hmm. communication between the two of you yes exactly um okay. so it was a little bit of a different experience of a open adoption because it i would say it was kind of more just you know it happened but it didn't happen often and there was not from your standpoint as as a, as a child there was very little uh, connection there yes yeah okay. for sure okay next up is elizabeth Rinchler. um Hello. tell hey there um tell us your experience growing up uh and and open adoption and then what it looks like now well my open adoption story is a little bit different. I actually did not have a great experience with open adoption. My birth mother was a drug addict and an alcoholic. So when she came back into my life as a seven-year-old, it was a pretty rocky re-entry, you might say. Um, and we did have a fair amount of, of communication when I was younger um, with visits and overnight stays and vacations. And it, it, it was actually... Um, pretty good. She was in rehab um, and she got her life back together. But unfortunately, she started to relapse. And because of that, um, those addictions that she still carries today, it was not a safe place for me to continue. So as of this point in time, I have no communication with anybody in my birth family. Um, All of them really have drug and alcohol problems. I do have a little bit of communication with my step birth grandfather so my birth grandmother's second husband but that has not gone very smoothly and i don't know if i'll i'll be able to continue that communication so it's we had a lot but it it really wasn't a good situation for for either party when your birth mother and i assume your birth father were actually no um he disappeared during her pregnancy. So I never okay. knew my birth father. Okay. So it's just a birth. Uh, so there, there was some degree of openness with your birth mom when she was uh, sober and straight, but yeah. when she relapsed, it became difficult. Yeah. She also had a number of um, personal differences with my birth family. So there was a lot of religious differences and political differences that made um, communication really difficult for both birth families. So as, as kind of like that connecting link between both families, it was a very stressful situation for me to be in as a child. When, when you said she had uh, conflicts, religious, political, you said with your birth family, with her birth family, you mean with your adoptive family? Did I understand yes, that? Yes, I'm, I'm sorry. Yes, no, with my okay. adoptive family. So there was, so there, she was very, um, she, she was a Christian and we were not Christians. She was very conservative and we grew up in a very liberal community. So there was, there was a number of differences that just made it very difficult for both families to try to get along. So as a child in that situation, it it wasn't, it wasn't great. Yeah. It was stressful. Okay. And uh, last, but certainly not least is Taylor Rog here. Taylor, did I pronounce your last name? Rog here, but that's okay. Um, (laughs) I bet you get that a lot. Yeah. But sorry about that. Taylor Roguer, uh, tell us about uh, growing up in an open uh, adoption, what it was like for you as a child, and then what, it's, what is it like now that you're an adult? Um, so I think mine might be the most open out of this group. Um, my birth mom is only like 14 and a half years older than I am. So when I was growing up... Um, she was around like on and off. We would go through periods where she'd be around a lot. And then um, periods where I wouldn't see her for like a year or two. And then I'd see her a lot. Um, But she was around kind of as early as my first birthday. Um, So she came to like all my, all my early birthdays up until eight or nine. Um, and she would come over for sleepovers and we would have like weekends. Um, and, uh, she, she's still, she's still, she's moved to Arizona. So it's a little harder to see her, but she grew up in sweet home. So kind of a small town in Oregon. Um, I grew up and was adopted in Portland. Um, so 
with regards to that, I think maybe I've seen my birth aunt a lot more. Um, her older sister lived like 15 or 20 minutes away driving. So I grew up seeing her and my great grandma a lot more. Um, but I still, we're, we're both really bad at, at texting and calling. So <laughs> other than that, um, we would like talk a lot, but, um, but so I, I talked to them. Um, I visited her for a couple weeks in Arizona when I was in high school. Um, but she has five boys now. <laughs> so, and they're all between nine and a half and 23 years younger than me. So it's a, it's a big age gap, but yeah. Um, as far as like openness, um, I definitely knew that I wasn't my, like my parents, I didn't come from my mom's tummy. Um, my adopted mom, like I knew that by age four and I, and I knew where I came from, but I wasn't necessarily, you know, sure on all of the aspects. Um, but so I think that's pretty typical. <laughs> I mean, children don't really understand the, um, the nuanced parts until, but they can understand the, ba you know, the, the big broad strokes they can understand. Yeah. Adoption. Yeah. Um, okay. and then my birth father was not ever, um, in the picture. Let me ask, and it sounds like with the exception of Andrew, does anybody uh, have a relationship with their birth father? Justin, do you have a relationship with, is your birth father in your life at all? Uh, yes. Um, and, and I, like the others, have known uh, my whole life that I've been adopted. And I did forget to mention uh, physically uh, interacting and not just um, uh, snail mail or, or over the phone. Um, they are also up in the Portland area. Um, I was born and um, my adoptive parents live in Eugene, still in the same house that I was brought home to. And um, so I, I would see both sides, my birth mother and birth father, uh, about once a year or so. And uh, now my birth father, uh, he remarried and had three kids. And so I have three half siblings and everybody is on Facebook. And uh, his mom, my birth grandma, is kind of the family wrangler. And she, if you want to find somebody, you go through her and she can pretty much track down anybody in the family. Okay. So um, one of the major arguments we hear against open adoption is that it's going to be confusing to the children that, I mean, the children who are adopted, uh, that the children who won't know, won't know who their real parents are. And I put real in air quotes there. Um, or they will feel torn between two families, or that it will make them feel different. Uh, so some, some variation of that is, is what we hear uh, about openness. So I'd like to, to ask you guys what you think about that. Was it confusing? Did it make you feel different? Were you torn between families? Ariel, let's start with you on this one. Absolutely. Um, I, I do think that's a common question. I, I get that a lot um, from, from friends and, and people that I meet and ask me about my adoption. I wasn't confused at all. Um, my parents, both sides were very open about this, the situation from, you know, they probably told me when I was one. I don't think I understood it until I was a little bit older, but um, I've never been confused or, or didn't understand that my adopted parents were my parents. They raised me, they put in the work, they... They did all the, the parenting. Um, my birth parents were also my parents. They, you know, physically, <laughs> um, you know, gave, gave birth to me. Um, but I, 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 it was never any confusion. Um, you know, it, it's complicated in, in a sense. Um, it, it's not your, you know, quote unquote, standard upbringing. Um, I, I know a handful of people that were adopted, not many. So people have questions and they're, they're curious, but as a, as a child growing up and as a, a grown adult now, um, I, I was never confused. It was frankly a blessing that I was able to grow up with two adoptive parents, um, siblings, step parents, and two birth parents, siblings, step parents. Um, it, it wasn't confusing for me. So would you buy the, the um, what we hear people say is in the children, um, the more love, the better, the more people who love the child, the better, that type of thing. Would that be an accurate sum, summation of, of your experience? Absolutely. Okay. Taylor, what about you? Um, was it confusing for you um, uh, to, to be raised 
with uh, two sets of parents. Well, so I wouldn't necessarily say that like my birth mom was a parent figure Mm -hmm. um, because of like the closeness and age. um, She sort of fastened herself on as like an older sibling. Mm -hmm. So, so I was raised like with um, kind of like this older, older sister figure. Um, but like, I knew, I, I knew that like, she was the person who'd had me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it was like, it was never in question as to like who my mom and dad were. Mm-hmm. Um, or, she didn't like, try to play that role at all. No. Um, she, uh, she was like, Becca's an interesting person. Um, she had like her own stuff to deal with and her own kind of growing up to do because she was really like a sophomore in high school and she had me. So she was Mm -hmm. a kid that had a kid Yeah, exactly. and she made the decision at like 14 and a half to not go through, um, the boys and girls aid society because she wanted a relationship with me instead of, I guess, uh, a more closed. Okay. Um, but no, there were never, I mean, people were like, I mean, I, so what, what's it like to be adopted? (laughs) It's like, what's it like to have brown hair? What's it like to have blue eyes? Like it's normal. Yeah, it is. Like it's what it is for you. But I, I think in the sense that kids figure, kids figure out a lot more than anyone kind of thinks um, they do. So it's like, if you don't tell them, they know, but they don't know what you're not telling them. So, Mm -hmm. so then that leaves it up to them really to like speculate on the why and all the reasons behind it, Um, which creates its own kind of sets of doubts as to like, why, you know, why aren't you telling me like, why, why are you hiding something? Especially if you don't look like your parents. I actually look like my parents, which is a little weird. I do too. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> but, so that's like a little odd because just like looking, looking at me, you're like, oh, you look like these people. But if you like put my birth mom and I next to each other, like we really look the same. Well, okay. So that's an argument. One of the arguments in favor of, of why, and and actually uh, one of the big reasons that, that we have moved to openness and adoption is because it's supposed to take the what ifs and the unknowns out. And we believe that is good for, uh, for people and good for children being raised to have access to answers to questions of why am I not being raised by the people who gave birth to me? And why did you place me for adoption and all of that? So uh, and let me go back to you, Taylor. And so did, uh, because your birth mom was a part of your life, were you able to get easy answers to questions? And do you think that was, and if so, was that advantageous for you? Yeah. So that was, um, for me, that was like, um, it was good to hear the reasoning. Um, and like my parents would kind of tell me, but they would, you know, they'd like dial it down and stuff, but kind of by the time, I mean, like her story is not great. Um, because she was 14 and my birth father was 19. So, and it was a non-consensual. So like the whole thing, right. So when I say dial it down, that's what I mean. Um, but whenever I would ask her something straight, like she would never, she'd never hide it because that's like her view is like, if a kid's going to ask, you might as well just like tell them Mm -hmm. and kind of explain it. Um, my cousin actually had a ridiculously hard time with this. I have a bunch of cousins that are a lot younger. So I had to go through the whole, why were you adopted with one of them? Just, uh, and, and like that, it was it was interesting to kind of see somebody who wasn't adopted but who was like trying to understand it uh-huh yeah i do think that that sometimes other kids 
And also other kids are, are more blatant about asking questions. Adults generally, you know, uh, have enough sense to, uh, to keep their questions to themselves. Um, I'm uh, Justin, I was trying to, um, I'm going to be focusing the question on confusion to those of you who had more of interaction and birth parents that were more involved in your raising. And I believe your, yours were. So was it confusing to you to have two sets of parents? Um, no, and and um, I'll, I'll give the same answer I did 18 years ago when I was on a, a, the last uh, open adoption family services panel, um, long a lifetime ago. <laughs> um, but no, uh, short answer is I was never confused. Um, I have always known, and I don't know if it makes it easier or if there's any benefit at all to having my uh, older brother also be adopted. Um, but as as far as I know, he was never confused, and and we've both known as long as we can remember. And they've been in our lives up until um, uh, a certain point. Uh, my, my brother's uh, birth mother and birth father are uh, now deceased, and so they're no longer in the picture. Um, but my, my side of the family, my birth family, both sides are still around and um, easy communication. You know, if, if I've got something that's come up with me, um, you know, a doctor says, oh, well, that's hereditary. That kind of makes sense. But then I say, well, I'm adopted, so it shouldn't. Um, but I have that open communication so I can just text somebody in the family and say, you know, Hey, has this happened to you before? Yeah. And I think, you know, the other thing is the beauty of, of social media it does make it so much easier, um, nowadays without having with, with limited effort, it feels like, um, all right. So let's talk about, we've kind of alluded to some of this, uh, with, um, uh, with Taylor's comment about the, ability to, to, to the unknown, the, uh, the answering of the unknowns, and then Justin's comment about medical history. But I'd like to talk about from your standpoint, first of all, let's talk about what some of the advantages that you perceive to an open adoption. And then I'd like to talk about some of the disadvantages. Uh, Andrew, let's start with you. I know your adoption was not terribly open. So uh, it's fair to say that you really don't know the answer to this, but what would you perceive to be some of the advantages, um, even to the limited degree that your adoption was open? Uh, well, I, I mean, there has been an okay amount of communication in the sense that um, as I've gotten older, I've pursued finding answers to things. Um, I've come to understand that my birth mother is a compulsive liar. And so she really only says things to protect herself. But, you know, if, if I directly go to her, I can sometimes get these answers that I need. So I actually know more about myself and my family from the past three years than I have uh, ever before, not through a lot of communication, but through some essential, essential points. But um, no, open adoption, it, it is definitely something that I think is better, um, especially for the for the child, because I think that oftentimes there's just things and feelings that a child needs to understand and, you know, as much as an adopted parent wants to help them out and make them feel loved, which is usually never in question. It's, I don't know about everyone else here, but when I was younger, I definitely could feel like at family dinners that I was still slightly different than everyone else. And there was just something that wasn't quite the same there. And then it wasn't until I got older where I kind of began to understand like, oh, well, it is because I'm slightly different, but it doesn't make me not a part of the family, you know? Um, so open adoption, I would say, is probably the best way to go forward with an adoption. My older brother was, he was in a pretty open adoption as well. He got to see his birth mother. So I actually met her a couple of times, but um, I don't know. Sometimes there's just questions that you need to okay. have answers to, and it, it's just best to have the ability to get them, get receive the answers. To receive them. Okay. Um, Ariel, from your standpoint, uh, yours was a very open and, and it sounds like a pretty positive uh, mm -hmm. open relationship. So what would you say some of the advantages are for children in particular, or if you feel comfortable saying what you think the advantages might be for your um, both sets of your parents? Yeah, I think, you know, the ability to ask those questions about you know, the thing that's jumping to my mind is, is the medical history piece. Um, like, like Justin said, you know, they ask about your medical history and you <laughs> sort of say, yeah. well, I don't, you know, I either know or I don't know. Um, when I was a young uh, teen, I had 
really bad migraines and they couldn't figure out what was wrong. And they asked about my medical history and we finally realized that my birth mom had also had migraines as a teenager and that she grew out of them. <laughs> and I too grew out of them. So it was just one of those moments where we all said, we're really grateful that we could ask that, you know, it, literally my, my adopted mom picked up the phone, called my birth mom, said, Hey, did you ever have this challenge as, as a teenager? And she said, yeah, I did. So those, those are huge advantages, um, you know, from a, <laughs> the medical side um, of, of understanding the history and, and being aware of, you know, things that are, that are genetic and things you need to, to watch out for um, as you grow older. But I think emotionally for the kid, the advantages are knowing that there are doors that are open to ask those questions. You know, my adoptive parents got most of my questions because they were present, you know, in, in the household growing up, but they were not afraid to say, you know, that's a great question for your birth mom or your birth dad. And my birth parents were open to answering questions. Um, my birth mom was also extremely young when I was born and, um, you know, not, not a plan, <laughs> not a planned scenario, but um, she was never, you know, she didn't lie about, about what happened. She was very open and honest about it. And those were questions I had because um, one of the worst questions I was ever asked by a, a friend um, in middle school, I think, was, well, are you upset that your your birth parents abandoned you? And I said, well, well that's not the case. <laughs> that, that's not the case at all. And let me tell you why. Um, you know, here was my, my birth mom who was young and I, you know, wasn't planned. And, and she did an amazing thing by you know, having me going through a pregnancy in high school, um, putting me up for adoption, you know, providing, you know, a child to my adoptive parents who couldn't have their own kids. So um, those were all questions that I had and stories I wanted to understand. And, you know, having four people who were totally open books, um, you know, really, mm -hmm. there were no questions and, and that led to there being no confusion. Okay, Elizabeth, your experience was, it was an open adoption, but it was only really open for a short period. And then it, it was more strained. Well, in terms of, of, I would say 10 or 11 years, so. Oh, it was open for 10 or 11? Yeah. Gotcha, okay. So what, uh, what were some of, of the advantages that you felt that you um, or your either set of parents got from openness? And then I'd like to move into some of the disadvantages. To be honest, I, I don't have the same answers as the rest of the panel. Um, I don't have a lot of positive experiences to walk away from. Um, I guess the only thing I could say for an advantage is, you know, there is something um, intangible that you get from having blood relatives. You know, I look very much like my adoptive mother. If you were to put, she showed me a picture once of her at 14 and me at 14, and I legitimately thought it was me. And we have a lot of the same mannerisms. And when I was there, you know, I could feel that connection. However, it was never an open connection. So, you know, I, I was too young to really think about, oh, maybe I should get a medical history. So I don't have that information. And, and now I, I never can, you know, that will forever be closed. Yeah. Okay. So you, you didn't have the, the advantages because you didn't, weren't able to ask, did your adoptive parents ask your birth mom any of that information? I mean, people weren't thinking about it as much back then either. I don't think. Um, they asked a little bit. They wanted to know any like life, if like there was cancer mm -hmm. in the family, which there isn't. I know that um, my birth grandmother suffered also from migraines, um, but she grew out of it. I never had that problem, thankfully. Um, but really what they were focusing on at, at the time was the, the drug and alcohol problems. So that seemed to take forefront. So that was, that was really the thing that was the main topic of conversation. Was it helpful? Has it been helpful in your life to know that you have a genetic history of addiction? It has been. Um, as I, as I have, as I was watching them and, and going through those years of, of watching them relapse because it, it, it was a, a family problem, um, I think it's made me very, very careful around drugs and alcohol. Um, so I will never be the one going out on a Friday night and getting drunk and then not being able to go home, you know. So I, I think it's provided a little bit with that. It's also nice to give the doctors some some background although i don't drink and i don't take drugs so 
that has limited use mm -hmm. at times. And you don't have a lot of other medical. All right, so now let's let's shift to talking about some of the disadvantages. And Elizabeth, I'm gonna stick with you on this one because I think you, you have experienced some of the disadvantages. Uh, can you articulate for us some of the, um, the, the disadvantages? Now, I know that they, you, you came from kind of a different philosophical, religious, political background. Um, was that in and, in and of itself uh, the problem, or is it the way the, the, that it was expressed? Or what, what, are the, what were some of the disadvantages of an open adoption from your perspective? The two sets of parents hated each other, essentially. It was like a really bad divorce where both sides cannot stand to look at one another. Um, they did not have the same parenting styles. They did not have the same religious views. They did not have the same political views. They did not agree on what was best for me. So every time they got together, it involved some type of argument. And also the birth parents could tell that there was alcohol problems um, starting to crop up which were lied about and since they didn't have a lot of connection they could never prove to anybody that this was a problem and that i shouldn't be in that scenario you mean your adoptive parents were sensing that your birth parents were having yeah. an alcohol and drug problem gotcha yeah. okay so there was just a whole lot of communication problems um my birth parents my birth mother especially um lied a lot and they took the form that they had to fix me because my adoptive parents had done everything wrong. So as a kid, I felt like I had to fix it. I felt like I had to protect my adoptive parents from my birth parents. And I felt I had to lie to my birth parents about what my adoptive parents were telling me because I didn't want to upset everyone. So you were caught in between or you felt caught in between two very disparate worldviews, parenting views, and everything else. Yeah, and that took a great emotional toll. It was a huge stress. I started hiding the problems that I was seeing um, with my birth parents from my adoptive parents. I started straight out lying to my birth parents about what my adoptive parents were saying to me, like your birth mom has an alcohol problem that wasn't okay to say to my birth mother that we knew that she was having a, a problem. So I think that's I think that's a story that often gets um, not told because, the, you know, open adoption, I still believe, is the best option. It's a wonderful thing for a child to have. But I think we also have to recognize that oftentimes, um, if the two sets of parents don't agree, um, that, that can put the child in a really, really stressful situation. And that needs to be recognized. Yeah, for sure. Um, Justin, um, yours was a more positive um, relationship. Um, can you think of some disadvantages that, that either you experienced or you think that either set of parents experienced with openness? Um, I, it, it's, I wouldn't say it's hard to think of some, but it, sometimes they, uh, you, you would hear on TV or somebody would try to make fun of uh, somebody because they were adopted. They'd say, Oh, well, ha ha, you're adopted or you're, you're not like everybody else. But I never understood that because adoption has been a positive thing in my life uh, because my birth parents were so young um, and my birth mother decided to uh, put me up for adoption. It's, it's always been a positive thing. Um, they, there are some definite disadvantages, I guess, uh, in terms of the medical history um, because sometimes you don't know how to answer the question on the spot and you have to go home or, or text somebody and, and figure it out. And sometimes um, I, I too have um, been dealing with some migraines and I'm the only one. So I'm kind of on my own. Um, but hopefully, uh, like the others, I grow out of them. <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right. Yeah. So now uh, let's talk about what uh, your uh, adoptive parents and your birth parents did right uh, as far as, uh, and I don't mean adoption in general or raising you in general. Clearly they did a fantastic job because you guys are all amazing, but I'm really speaking only of from an openness standpoint. Um, Ariel, what did your, uh, what would you say that your uh, adoptive parents 
and then and then what your birth parents did right in in relation to open adoption because yours, yours is such a positive experience mm-hmm. um they my birth parents i think were were trying to be pretty selective in, in who they chose um they they tried as best they could to find a an adoptive family that was similar to them. Um, and they put in a lot of effort to build that relationship. Um, so my birth parents were in their late teens um, and my adoptive parents were in their early thirties or mid thirties. So there, there was a, you know, they were at different stages in their life. Um, but, but here they were coming together, you know, around the common cause, which was me. <laughs> um, and they, they put in a lot of effort to build the relationships and, um, you know, the, probably some, some awkward conversations and some weird feelings that, um, you know, frankly, none of them probably expected to have. I mean, there's all sorts of, of things that, that we as adoptees and, and frankly, anyone that hasn't been an adoptive or birth parent, we can't understand because we don't, we don't know what that was like. But I, I think they did a good job of communicating regularly. Luckily, we were all in the same Portland metro area, so it, it made it easy for for that communication. But you know, my birth father um, wasn't very close with, with his father, and you know, leaned a lot on on my adoptive father to 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 be there for him. And, and they have a good relationship. Um, so you know, I think it, it was a lot of work that they put in to to strengthen that relationship, um, which you know did wonders for me because you know we'd have family dinners or birthdays or events where I'd see my birth parents and my adoptive parents hanging out and, you know, interacting and laughing. And, and I'm, you know, I'm not saying that their views were all the same. I'm sure that there were, you know, moments where my birth, my adoptive parents made a decision on parenting me and my birth parents said, well, I wouldn't have done it that way or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, but the, the relationship, um, you know, from my point of view was always strong communication, um, you know, keep them being friendly, um, them being supportive. And, and I will say that all happened um, despite uh, multiple divorces, <laughs> um, which, which were very challenging for me as a child. My adopted parents divorced um, and remarried. My birth parents um, were never actually married, but um, have, have both been through marriages and divorces. So lots of moving parts. But despite all of that, I still felt like there was a cohesive unit and that allowed me to grow up in an environment where I had support, which was really huge. Okay. Taylor, what about you? What would you say um, your parents, your adoptive parents and your birth mom did right when it comes to openness? Um, Well, so my, so yeah. So again, so my birth mom was like really, really selective on um, who she picked um she actually chose um my parents based off of the parents she wished she had had growing up um so she came from a a really kind of negligent background um and just no no support and kind of awful home life um but she that yeah, so that was like how she did it, and she didn't really have any kind of objections to what my parents were doing, really, I don't think, because they ended up kind of parenting her mm-hmm. also so so they were kind of um so my parents are my parents were forty two when they got me, I think um. They could easily so, be her parents. She was 14. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, yeah. So they were, so they could have, so it really kind of was because they, were, they weren't at all even like close in age. I think like that yeah, helped. Yeah, I can see that, yeah. Um, but so, and just kind of how she placed herself as more of kind of like a sibling or an aunt uh, instead of like a parent, um, just kind of gave over mm-hmm. all of kind of the rules and like, the raising style, mm-hmm. I guess. I think maybe the only thing I can think of is I'm hyperactive, which seems to run in the family a little. Um, but my birth family doesn't really do medication. Not, not really. But, and my parents like put me on that at about seven. Mm-hmm. So I think that might've kind of been the biggest difference in like 
things that they would have done differently. Okay, now let's talk about some of the things that you wished either set of parent had done differently. Now, Elizabeth, you're the one I'm going to start with because I imagine you've thought about this, um, having been caught between. What do you wish, let's start with your adoptive parents. What do you wish they would have done different that might have made things easier for you? You know, honestly, I don't think that because I was hiding so much trying to protect them um, with everything that was being hidden, I think that they made the best choice that they could with the information they had. Um, so honestly, with them, I don't think that they could have done anything better simply because they did everything they could that they thought was right. So I put them on that pedestal for, for trying the best that they could, even though their kid and their surrogate parent, the birth parents were, were both in, in essence lying to them, some with better intentions than others. Mm -hmm. um, with my birth parents, there's, not much good that I can say. Uh, I think the best choice that they ever did was was leave, which is depressing now that I say that, but it's true. Leave, uh, meaning leave the open adoption or leave, leave you? Yeah. yeah, essentially now this is, you know, I have that legal right to, to go, mm -hmm. but to, to find them. Will I ever take that? No, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. um, because because the experience was hard enough that I, I really don't think there is anything positive to gain going back to it. Um, even with my birth grandfather, um, he is the only one I would consider even trying to reach out to. But quite frankly, that's, um, that's been hard enough as it is. Mm -hmm. um, Andrew, what about you? What, uh, are there things that you can think of that your um, adoptive parents or your birth parents could have done differently that would have made things better for you? Um, well, definitely, definitely my, my birth mother could have been a little bit more <laughs> truthful and open and communicative. Um, so, I mean, there's many things there that could have been better, but you know, now as I older, I understand kind of what, how, why the situation is the way it is. And it, it makes sense. And I don't really um, get too worked up over it when I think about it. It's like, you know, she did what she had to do. And like everyone else here, the best thing that she ever did for me was putting me up for adoption. Um, my, my adopted parents, they, I mean, they've been great. Um, there's, there's almost nothing I can say that there has been a couple times where they've kind of kept that there was a little bit of communication between them and my, my, um, birth mother, they kind of, there was this little phase where they kind of did that. And, but, you know, I'm pretty good with computers. So I figured that out. <laughs> um, yeah. I, yeah. My, my mom was kind of shocked. My, my adoptive mom was kind of shocked when she realized I actually knew that it was going on the entire time that it was going on because, yeah. um, so that, that was a little yeah. awkward for her. So Outside of that, no, I mean, they, they were amazing, they, and they still are, you know, very supportive, and, um, you know, like everyone else, my mom was quite young, 17, so that's a little bit, you know, that, that's, that's old compared to some people's uh, parents here, uh, birth parents when they had them, um, but, you know, now I'm going to school, I grew up in a great place, and, you know, obviously, Oregon is the best state, so couldn't complain <laughs> about that, so, no, yeah, there's, there's not much that I can say is... I would, I would complain about when it comes to my birth parents or my adopted parents. Uh, let me pause here to remind everyone that this show is underwritten by the Jockey Bean Family Foundation, and they want all adoption agencies to know that they have a program, a backpack program for newly adopted kids. Um, agencies need only apply uh, in order to uh, have their newly adopted families receive or children receive a backpack. It has an, an, the initials embroidery on it for the child, and it has uh, a bear and a blanket inside. It also has a parent tote full of information to help adoptive parents. 
It's free for adoption agencies. It's free for families. You need only go to the jockeybeanfamily.com website and sign up under their backpack program. All right. I, I think that we, we hear in the, I mean, I'm, I'm immersed in adoption world, of course, as an adoption educator. Um, so I think that others believe that by opening up adoptions, we take away any potential negative feelings adoptees may have about adoption. Um, and that, that it, almost that it may be a panacea for everything. And maybe it is. That's what I want to ask you guys. Do you think that open adoption makes the whole adoption experience I think what the, the fear is that, that adopted children would feel, and I can't remember which one of you said abandoned. Oh, I, I, in area it was you, was talking about a friend in middle school. Middle school is a tough time. And a friend in middle school said something to you about your parents abandoning you. And I think that we, we think in terms of, our, we want to believe perhaps, as I'm also an adoptive parent, I want to believe that, you know, openness could, could take away any potential, uh, feelings of abandonment or, or feelings of angst or, or just feelings of not fitting in in adoption or feeling different because you're adopted. So Errol, let's start with you. Any thoughts on that? Uh, does open adoption take care of that or is that inherent in adoption itself and open adoption doesn't change it? I think it took care of it for me. Um, like I said earlier, there was no confusion. I I'd never had a moment that I remember sitting around our, you know, family event saying, gee, I'm different. Um, I just felt, you know, Laura and Nick were my parents and that, that was, um, that was not confusing for me. I think open adoption does fix a lot of those things. I also preface that by saying every family is different. Every child is different. Every situation is different and things that are one way, you know, one year change over time. Um, no, no person's story is the same, but, um, you know, I know people who have had close adoptions and on top of the angst and challenge of being a teenager, they were also trying to find their birth parents. And I didn't have to deal with that. You know, whether your birth parents are the people that you want them to be or, or not want them to be, um, I knew that. That was very clear. They were right in front of me. I had questions. I got them answered. Um, my friends that had closed adoptions were wondering and questioning and doubting themselves. And then uh, in one scenario, she met her birth mom and her birth mom didn't want anything to do with her. I mean, it was it was traumatizing. And, and I, I'm not saying there aren't challenges with open adoptions. Uh, like I said, every every family and scenario are different. But for me, um, having the openness and, you know, obviously starts out with a legal requirement for there to be communication. But after a while, it's just second nature. Everyone wants to stay in touch and, and be communicative. Um, that, that eliminated the challenges for me as an adoptee. Justin, what about you? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't um, really remember any, any big challenges. Um, I do think I'm forgetting the question. So if you could repeat that, that would be great. <laughs> Fair enough. And I kind of wandered around that question rather than asking it directly. It was the the idea that that openness will take care of adoptees perhaps feeling abandoned or feeling different or uh, take some of the uh, potential downsides to adoption, take it away, and that openness will cover up and, and well, cover up is not the right word, but openness will will um, will make it easier for people not adopted people not to feel any of those feelings that, that are possible with adoption um, well I, I, I will say that I remember my um, birth mother being around a little bit more than my birth father early on um, but uh, that went away pretty quickly and I've, I've seen both sides uh, fairly regularly and now we're all on Facebook and have everybody's phone numbers. Yeah. Um, I do remember, uh, that's probably been 20 years or so, um, that I asked my parents, my adoptive parents, um, what, how, how it all happened and, and what happened. And then I, I learned that, um, my birth parents were young and, and that's not something that, um, young teen parents can handle all the time. And so I, 
kind of learned some of the more heavy stuff around then. And um, I've just been learning more as I go on and, and I'm a parent myself now. So I kind of understand some of the struggles that um, they would have had to go through. And, and um, luckily it's been uh, open. The um, Andrew, what about you? Um, does the, has open adoption taken away some, any of the sense of abandonment or, uh, not fitting in that that some adopted people report. <laughs> well, I, I think at this point we can all tell that my adoption, being an open adoption, you know, written down on paper and legally, <laughs> isn't quite exactly what it was. Um, so for me, it was a very different experience. Uh, honestly, I, th I think it sounds more similar to Elizabeth's experience. Yeah, um, I think so too. With a, yeah, um, I don't know. I mean. It was great in the sense that if I could get a hold of her, I could answer some things, but that was very, very, very rare. I mean, it's probably yeah. happened less than a dozen times in my entire life. Um, oh, okay. So it was definitely it was definitely harder for me when I was younger, especially middle school. <laughs> um, when you guys brought that up, that just that threw me back because, like, you know, the, <laughs> well, the questions like. Because, you know, that's that's the time where everyone's going through change and everyone's comparing themselves to their parents and they're saying, oh, you know, my my dad is six foot, so I'm probably going to be close to that kind of thing. Uh, and so it's like that was really when I kind of started thinking about it more and um, kind of realized that there is a difference. Um, it bothered me for a while, but, you know, as I've gotten older, it just... I don't see why it should be a big deal anymore, um, you know, and, and I have a great relationship with my birth father, uh, which is, you know, a, it's a long story with all of that, but he didn't know I existed, we'll say. So that was a bit of a, a surprise <laughs> uh, when I found him when I was 18. Uh, he lived in Las Vegas, so I actually flew down there and um, after we had done a DNA test secretly. But uh, no, I mean, I, I would say it's hard for me to speak on yeah, everything that's that comes with an open adoption because I wouldn't say I quite had one. Yeah, yeah, I get no, I hear you. I'd I'd like to uh, shift to talking about siblings, and I have two questions. How uh, first of all, uh, siblings that your uh, uh, half siblings or it could be full siblings, I suppose, that your uh, birth parents, children that your birth parents had either before or after you were born, and I'd like to hear about how those relationships are and, and if it is, and, and if those relationships uh, have, were important or taking on more importance or less importance as you age. Taylor, what about you? Um, you said you had five. So, uh, half okay, brothers so I have and, five on each side. I don't, I know that much, but I don't know the, the paternal side. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but so other like I was an only child um or I am I am an only child um so like so the, so the first one um so my birth mom's oldest kid um he's in high school now and stuff so he because of we had a almost a decade of age difference but even so as like an 11 year old you're still kind of a kid in a sense. So you're like, Ooh, like, you know, I'm a sibling, like, this is kind of fun. So with him, I think it's, it's the most, um, sibling like, yeah. Um, I would also, I would, I would say that like my, my, my oldest young, younger female. So my aunt's oldest daughter is about the same age as, um, my oldest little brother. Um, so they're like two or three months apart. Well, so I actually grew up with her a lot more. Um, so I would like babysit her and, um, she would come over like for weekends and stuff, uh, a lot more than my little brother. So I would say in a sense, like I really have what feels like two siblings, like a, a cousin who's a sibling and a little brother. The other ones, um, <laughs> all of the rest. <laughs> are are more um well so I was a, I've, I've been a teacher like and a camp counselor for more than a decade so it's it's more like um 
I do teacher mode with them. Yeah, you're not. It's not. It's less of a sibling relationship. It's not. No, yeah. it's not. It's more of like. Yeah, it's more yeah. of like um, an aunt. Yeah, more well, you're the. Yeah. yeah, given the age difference, Elizabeth. How about with you? Um, do either of your, I think you mentioned that, uh, your birth parents did have children. Um, has that been, uh, I, I think, for, I think I know the answer is that it's not a relationship that you have, have sought out, um, uh, from what you're saying. Um, was there ever a time that having that, how was that relationship when you were younger? Actually, that's an interesting question because I don't know for sure if I do. We think I do, but we don't know. Um, I learned just a few months before I cut off all communication with them um, from my birth aunt that she was alluding, she never said it all right, but she alluded that I was not my mother's first child. What happened to those other children? I don't know. I don't know if she knew. We know that my birth father, who again was never in the picture, did have other children. Although again, he left, so we yeah. don't know. Yeah. So, you know, it's always been something I've thought about. It's always been something kind of like, I wish I could talk to them. I wish I could figure out who these guys are, you know, and, and get their insights on, on, on my parents, especially my father's, my birth father's children, you know, because I don't know him. But I, I have no idea how it even begin other than like hiring a private investigator, which I can't do. DNA testing is, you know, it's going to be, <laughs> that's one thing in the future, but uh, that has its ups and its downs as well. I mean, things yeah. that you have to, you have to be very prepared for. Um, Justin, what about you? Did either of your uh, birth parents uh, either have children before since they were young, they probably didn't. Did they go on to have children? Uh, my birth mother, um, uh, I am the only one that she ever had. And uh, my birth father, uh, he got married and has uh, three other kids. And so I've got um, three half siblings um, on that side. Gotcha. And was the, uh, are they young enough that are old enough that, that you have a sibling relationship with them? Or is there too great of an age gap? Um, they call me big brother. Um, I am, of course, the oldest, and um, they are one and a half, two and a half, and four years younger than me, so they're fairly close in age. Yeah, they are actually. Yeah, um, they are the, uh, relatively close in age. Um, did you have a relationship with them as part of growing up, um, or has that developed more when you've been on your own, had everybody's phone numbers, and connect with them via Facebook or Instagram? Or I, I think my earliest memory would be uh, going over to their house and uh, it was kind of a family get together and we uh, got together with the older relatives who have since passed on and having them tell stories. And um, then all the kids went out in the backyard to play. And so I was uh, the, the oldest in the group. So I kind of had to play babysitter. It, it almost <laughs> felt like, but it was, it was a little different because I, I was, playing with my siblings. And so that was a little bit different. And, and then my last question is, uh, let's see, those of you who have uh, adopted siblings, uh, Andrew, I think you do. Andrew, okay. Um, so you're, uh, you have a brother that's adopted. So my question is, was his adoption open and of, to a more so than yours, because yours really was not too open. So did 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 that was his adoption open adoption a better one, uh, meaning that was more um, open and and more um, uh, supportive of the child than yours? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, my my older brother. So like Ariel had brought up earlier, um, you know, everyone handles this completely differently. Um, so. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's, it is. If people think adoptees are like this uniform group, I mean, get real. I mean, they're as different as any other group of human beings. I know yeah, it just drives me crazy. They're human. People say, yeah, exactly. And, and there's no such thing as any group of humans that, you know, is similar. Anyway, that's a pet peeve of mine. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I interrupted. Go oh, ahead. No, worries. Um, <laughs> no, no. My brother, so my brother actually, he does not care very much at all that he's adopted. So he's never really sat there and thought much of it. Um, but 
his relationship with his mom was, uh, I'd say it was pretty okay. Um, she's someone who's constantly going through a tough patch in her life, but you know, she's been supportive when she can be. And, you know, at least they got to hang out. You know, I, I actually, you know, met her a couple of times when I was younger because my mom couldn't leave me at the house. So she would bring me with to go meet his mom. Um, so from what I could tell, she was pretty supportive. I know that, um, you know, she's young enough to where my adopted parents actually do try and support her as well um, when she's going through some tough things. So I would say it was definitely a better relationship than mine. Uh, Did, was that hard for you, knowing that he had a, a, a relationship that you didn't have? And, and was that, was that because we hear that from parents, they say, you know, I've got two kids and one, we have a wonderful open adoption relationship and the other one, the, the birth parents don't want our, our uh, relationship or we, we, you know, it, there's addiction issues or whatever. And they worry what it's going to be like for their yeah. child, uh, the child that doesn't have that. So was that hard for you? It, it definitely was. Um, so I'm, I'm a relatively sensitive person uh, just with, uh, you know, just emotions stuff. So and a deep thinker. So when I sit there and I have to experience this, it makes me think a lot. And yeah, it, it definitely was um, pretty tough on me at times. But, you know, as I, as I got older and just understood everything a lot better, it just made more sense. And I kind of realized that, you know, even though he had that relationship with her, she still wasn't the greatest person in the world. So he's, he's grown up to understand that as well. So they don't really talk much anymore. But yeah, when I was younger, a lot of things made me think like that. Okay. Um, Ariel, did you have, uh, do you have an adoptive sibling? I do. Uh, do? I have six. <laughs> um, so well, that your birth from your birth parents or from your, uh, parents. in your birth, in your adopted. Okay. Birth. So uh, what about in your adopted family? Do you, are there, are you I an have, only child or? Um, so I love when people ask me this question cause I, I am an only child by blood and I grew up an only child, but um, I have one uh, older stepbrother on my adoptive side, so my adoptive mom's husband's son. And then I have six half-birth siblings, um, two on my birth father's side and four on my birth mom's side, um, ranging from um, my my uh, stepbrother is 32, 31. Um, I'm 28, and my uh, youngest half-birth sibling is one. <laughs> Um, oh. so I, I've grown up knowing all of them. I mean, I'm, I'm talking specifically about the birth, the birth side. So there's six there. Um, they range in age. So one, four, um, geez, 19, 20, 20 and 25, I think. Um, so all younger, um, three boys, three girls. Uh, I, I would definitely say, you know, we were, I, I was old enough, you know, I, like I was in high school and they were in elementary school, you know, we had nothing in common. It was kind of a weird age, but um, especially the, the two girls, um, as I've gotten older, you know, they're, they're in their early 1920s now. Um, I'm 28. You know, they, they're really, really special to me. Um, I, I, I think I try to be like a big sister to them, you know, the person that they can, can go to and, and talk to about the things they don't want to tell their mom. <laughs> um, the, the boys I'm not quite as close with. I mean, they're, they're closer in age to me, but we just don't quite, quite have that same relationship. And then the, the one-year-old and the four-year-old, obviously they're, they're really small. They're the ones that live in Michigan. So, um, don't see them as, as often. Um, but, uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun to have young siblings, um, to grow up with considering that I, I did grow up an only child. Um, you know, up until I was 17, when my mom got remarried, I was an only child. So it's, it's great. Um, everyone's in Portland except for the folks in Michigan. Um, and it's been just a joy to have, have those siblings there. And, and the last question is to you, Elizabeth. Um, were you an only child in your adoptive family? I was, yeah. Okay, then that, that answers the question. I just wanted to know if there was a difference in, uh, in relationships but if it's, as an only child. It would, you would, didn't have another adopted sibling, yes. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Uh, let me remind everyone that this show, as well as all the resources provided by Creating a Family, couldn't happen without partner agencies who are who believe in our mission of providing unbiased 
uh, accurate uh, information to adoptive parents from the very beginning of the journey all the way through post-adoption. One of these partners is Vista Del Mar. They are a licensed nonprofit adoption agency with over 65 years of experience helping to create families. They offer home study only services as well as they have a full service infant adoption and an international and a foster to adopt program. And Spence Chapin is a licensed and accredited nonprofit organization in the New York City metro area that has been offering adoption services for more than 100 years. They have and are known for their robust post-adoption services provided to all members of the triad, adoptees, adoptive parents, and birth parents. And they, uh, they, uh, they, these services they believe in and they continue to promote. They are there for their families um, from the beginning, but continuing to be there for them post-adoption. Well, thank you guys so very much for, for being on today. I, I can't tell you how much I've been looking forward uh, to this interview um, because I truly believe that uh, adoptive people are the experts on adoption and we really, really need to listen to you guys um, and learn more about what the experience is like uh, from your standpoint. So I'm I'm truly appreciative. Justin Roberts, Ariel Verzoki, Ver, Ver, Verosky, I'm sorry. Got it. Andrew Friesen, <laughs> Elizabeth Rentschler, and Taylor Rogue here. Thank you so much for being with us today and to uh, for everyone else, as, as we always say at the end, Keep in mind that the opinions shared here are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the position of creating a family, our partners, or our underwriters. Also, the information given in this interview is general advice. To understand how it applies to your specific situation, you need to work with your adoption professional. And to our audience, thank you for joining us, and I will see you next week.